welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan, and we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon, here to open up our lives and minds with you. We are your companion on the journey to grow your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've got a free email course on our website, shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course, with practical steps on overcoming your fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. everyone. Welcome again to the Shrink Think Podcast. We're here with another fantastic episode. You might be wondering, okay, you guys are therapists, but what would you say you do here? <laughs> what even is therapy? So Nathan, go ahead and answer that question. <laughs> Just drop the mic. Yeah, therapy is a place where you go and get help. That's the bottom line. It's just real simple, straightforward. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Just kidding. Keep going. No, the, I think of out there in this day and age, there's a lot of people that maybe are your friends that are going to therapy and it seems like everybody's doing it, you know, like, and it used to be one of those things where, um, when I first started, um, I think, I think Jesus was a baby and they just chiseled out <laughs> Mount, Mount Rushmore. <laughs> what it feels like back then it was like people would regularly come in and there was a big, there was a regular nervousness of like, oh no, people are, you're going to think I'm crazy. Well, I'm already here. So I guess we know that I'm, that I'm nutso. That one guy said that, I guess I know, <laughs> I guess we know that I'm nutso. And I'm like, what? And anyway, it was more of a, the people that were known for going to therapy 20 years ago were people that needed a lot more help. In other words, if you could see somebody and go like, wow. Are they having a mental, they probably need a mental health person to help them out. And that's what was in the mind's eye of everybody that would come in. And then nobody wanted to be labeled like that. Well, over the course of the years, now here we are, and us therapists are almost similar to dentists, right? Like, everybody's got one. I'm going to check back in with my therapist. And people take mental health days from work and from school all the time. Right. And and COVID slung shot that like a catapult, like everybody's here now. And so, but there's, that also puts this weird pressure out there. I think in the culture of like, when somebody goes, Oh, my therapist or Oh, blah, blah, blah. And you're sitting there thinking, I don't have a therapist. I don't know. Like, you know, I don't even know why I would. I don't know what the point of doing. I feel pretty normal. And I thought you were normal until you just said that you go to a therapist. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I think, too, the other thing that I wanted to speak to in this episode was a lot of people, maybe you've gotten over that hurdle and you're about to go in. It's kind of some of the practical, like, what even happens? What do you do in, when you're in therapy? Like, you walk in, you talk to somebody, you walk out. And some money was exchanged somewhere. Somehow you're different. You're better. Like, what the heck are you doing in there? You know, like, and how, how does how does talking about your problems or how does uh, just talking with another person even help? And why can't you just talk to a friend or whatever? And that's a little bit, you know, the question is getting broader as I talk. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should shut up. Um, but I'll keep it, you know, practical in relation to what even happens and, and why is that even magical for the, the healing or the transformation process? I mean, the simple thing is, is that you picture there's a couch and there's a chair typically. Um, but let's get into that a little bit from a practical standpoint. This might feel like the weeds, but it's, you know, people can be curious, right? Yeah. So, so in some rooms, you're going to have therapists that are, that are more child therapists. You're going to see a bunch of toys. It will look like a full-on playroom. I mean, these therapists, I feel like on their break time, 
They're in there playing dinosaurs. <laughs> right. right. It's like I'm paying for babysitting. <laughs> right. Right. And those guys are doing a lot of work and are, are usually very underappreciated in the sense that their kid leaves and then they know that this kid's going to go and tell their mom or dad, like, yeah, we just played. <laughs> right. Nothing else happened. <laughs> I paid that therapist. What? For what? There's that. Then you've got the setup for some therapists really know that they're only going to see individual clients. They have no intention of ever seeing more than one person. So there's two chairs across from each other, maybe a little coffee table. And then you've got folks that are like, maybe they see couples more often and they've intentionally got a little bit of a larger space and they also see individuals, but there could be families. So now they've got a chair and a large couch, maybe a three cushion couch. That's for two reasons, actually. One could be that couples that they work with oftentimes are contentious and they want to be able to have this, these people sit next to each other but have a space in between. Or two, because they do see more families and they need the room to be able to have these folks in the room. So they're, the, actually the room is pretty intentional. Um, there's other situations where you might go in and only be in the room for a little while and then end up going on a walk because you need the outside. Uh, some therapists will use that dealing with anxieties because there is a calming effect to be in nature. And if they happen to have an office that's near like a nice forested walk and it's, a, it's private enough to be okay and you've agreed that that's a fine thing to do and that that's helpful for you, you end up doing a walk. But it, the idea is, is that you're putting people in a context that's a safe human-human connection where you can have some conversation. Yeah, so... That's the context. When you walk in, you see this setup, you sit down and I think a lot of people are like, okay, so what next? How do how do we get started? You know, this is it's a little bit awkward because you're a stranger. We both know I'm gonna spill my guts with you. I'm gonna share all the like most private things with you. And you're expecting that. And then somehow like we're gonna I'm gonna leave and then now you know this. Um, for me, and, and I know for a lot of therapists, um, and it, it also depends on your personality. Um, I'll ask some questions up front. Usually when in the first session, yeah, we're kind of digging into it. We're getting into some of the details or going over an intake, asking a lot of questions about what's been going on. So that in, in some senses, that's a little bit more intentional. And I, I found that that structure is pretty helpful to people because when people have something, when you have something that you're walking through or questions that you're answering, it helps to, I think, bring a little bit more safety to that first session. But beyond that, when you walk in, then it's like, okay, you know what my issue is, like, now what? That's where a lot of therapists like to do a, a little bit of chit chat. It's like, get to know you. And it's, it's not a waste of time. It, it can be if it goes on too long um, or just becomes a little too pointless. But it's a bit of like, I actually want to get to know you as a person. Like, what are some of the things that we can talk about and connect over that are sort of light, but feel like, ah, okay, like this isn't so bad. Let's take the next step from here. Or at the end of a session, um, this is the kind of thing that a therapist might circle back around to like, oh, well, what does the rest of your week look like? Or, um, oh, do you have piano lessons, you know, next week as well or whatever? Um, it gives us something that sort of anchors you know, us together anchors the session from week to week that we can sort of go back to, you know, back in the day, it would be like, did you see that sky today? Talk about blue, you know? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. The weather, it's amazing. Or, well, it's been pretty crappy, hasn't it? You know, like those kinds of things are, they're small, but they're also really connecting and they make things feel really safe. Even, and I know I said, this is part of your personality. Cause I know there are some people 
that really hate the chit chat. They do not want to do the small talk. And that's totally fine. If you want to just sit down and say, okay, so here's the deal. Um, I yelled at my mother yesterday and we had a gigantic argument and I don't want to apologize, but I probably should. What do I do? Okay. If you want to just jump in, that's totally fine as well. Yeah. I had a person when you said that literally say like, and I, I've, I think this was the first time I ever met him. And you got to keep in mind, your therapist, me in this case is also a human trying to like understand and also experience like the fit of therapy. Right. Like and, between you and the person, right? Yeah. Like how it's going to feel, right? And um, I'm kind of like, hey, so you know, like, how was the drive? Did you get here? Like, was it hard to find the place or whatever? And he let that go for a minute. And this is a person who, in in the Portland, Oregon area, there's a lot of folks that are engineers around here, so there's a kind of mindset. So you know, with those folks, and he goes, yeah, I'm not paying you for chit chat, so can we just just get to it? <laughs> I was like, wow, um, I didn't <laughs> <Hello>. say wow. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> I said, okay. And so I looked, what I did was, and, and um, as I looked at his intake and saw that there were several things that were pretty pressing. And um, he had mentioned like how much alcohol he was drinking or something like that. And I said, I said, well, can we start with your alcohol problem? Like, cause in my mind, if you want to be that straightforward, then let's just go. Like, mm-hmm. right. Because I'm, because I've learned that if that's the way that you are, that I'm going to try to meet you where you're at. Right. And if it doesn't work, either one of two things have happened. Right. So he goes, he goes, yes, that's a great place to start. And like, okay, this guy really is legit. This is genuine. <laughs> right. we're, we're really doing this. <laughs> and then that's when you like patted your forehead with a towel, like Phew. <laughs> right. <laughs> sweating to see if this paid off. <laughs> right. No, but it's, it's, I like that you told that story because in that, you know, in those early sessions, you really are as a therapist trying to feel somebody out. You're trying to, you know, not, not in the way you might think we're trying to like, <laughs> not so, yeah, you're trying to socially feel somebody out for like, what kind of person are you? Do you want the chit chat? Um, do you want to ease into the problem or do you want to just get right down to it? Cause for some folks out there, you might feel like you need to share a little bit about the entire story, the entire context. You need to put everything on the table before you jump in, or maybe you need to sort of slowly unpack things as time goes on. Um, or you're like this guy where you want to like, you know, open your briefcase and just dump it on the table. Like, here it is. Right. <laughs> but we as therapists are trying to adjust how we do things and how how we navigate um, the relationship with you, because in, in, and there's a there's a small variety. It's not like we change our colors and become a different person. But depending on the person, we can be more talkative or ask more questions and do more listening be more directive or let you be more directive. So we're trying to feel that stuff out in terms of like, how is this going to fit together? And is this, is this going to work together? Yeah. And, and there, that does speak to the, the fact that there is, there is flexibility with the therapist, right? There is, we can kind of be all things to all people in, in, in some circumstances, but um, there are limits to that. So that's part of the, of the, of getting to know your therapist in the, in the beginning to know like, Oh, maybe this isn't a good fit because you guys get together and it just doesn't feel right, you know, and that happens. Like you start therapy, then you think, okay, this is not going to work. I've had that happen. Like, um, I'm like thinking, how often am what do I want to say here? Almost everybody does that. <laughs> right? I'm just yeah, I think that happened to me once, but tell your story. Of, pick, <laughs> right. pick one of your stories. <laughs> yeah, pick one. Of Which one? <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah, and I think it happens when you, 
kind of know yourself and know that this is not going to be a thing. But you're, but you really don't, you, you may not realize this yet as a client, but you're kind of counting on your therapist to do that. You're counting on them to know, like, to be able to say, like, I can't help you with that. Yeah, it's kind of like you, you bring your car to the mechanic and maybe the mechanic specializes in brakes, but they might know something about some other part of your car. <laughs> Aaron just drives his car. <laughs> I just drive the car. <laughs> so, so don't come to me with your car problems. <laughs> But it's like if if you know a mechanic says, well, actually work on this part of the engine, not on that part. Um, I know a little bit about it, so I can help over there. But this is going to be really my main focus. That's helpful, you know. That's helpful for you to know. Okay, well, I'm not going to waste my time talking about this engine noise or if it does this because that's not your specialty. So, in another example, or not example, but circling back to my engineer guy, I can do that there's other therapists that that would not be a fit. They would immediately be like, potentially even offended. I mean, it's just a human thing. And the the dude did come off harsh. And um, I got to admit, like at first I felt like trying to tell myself, don't be aggressive. Don't be passive aggressive. Don't take it personally, basically, you know, like, yeah, yeah, don't be defensive and then like light him up. But then I thought, well, if he's really like this. And so I would needed to test it out to see if he was going to get offended. Cause one of two things are going to happen. Either that's our last therapy session and it was over in 15 minutes <laughs> right, <laughs> right. before it ever started. Right. Exactly. Or this is how he is. And, and my personality is not like that at all, but I've learned that, I, that it's helpful for me to be in those situations because oftentimes those folks, spouses or partners are not like, are more like me because <laughs> they will, they have a tendency to couple with folks that are are mo, more emotionally flexible than they are. Like sort of right. opposite of how they might be. Yeah. So I'm kind of in that way, for me, bridging a gap. And I, I know that about myself. And so I, I was like, well, I'll take the risk. I don't know how this is going to go. But there's other situations as therapists that we know um, we don't do some of that stuff. Now, it's not going to be when you're doing your research to find someone and, and, you, and let's say you feel like you found, found someone there are a bunch of different kinds of interventions out there that therapists do. And it may be that you get in there thinking, Oh, I heard that I need to do this EMDR thing. Cause my friend told me it was like amazing. And then you find somebody that does EMDR. And so you're like, cool doing that. And you get in there and start talking and you start understanding more of what EMDR is. And then you start, you're not sure how you feel about the therapist. And so then you're like, oh no, it took me this long to find a therapist that does this technique. What am I going to do? This feels super weird. But you can also just ask that question to say like, okay, well, I kind of did come in to see you because I was told EMDR is really cool and I want to do that. Like, how do we do that? Just asking those types of questions um, are very helpful. Yeah, I, I love it when people can be that, I guess, aware or direct or honest. And that doesn't mean that everybody always knows that that's what they're looking for. I think you had said in the beginning that sometimes people come in and they don't really know what it is exactly they are looking for. They've just got a bunch of things and they're like, well, you know, so-and-so goes to therapy. Should I be going to therapy? I'm not, you know, I've got some issues, but maybe not as much. Or, wow, I'm not as bad as so-and-so over there. Um, But I do think it could be helpful. So, just being able to bring that stuff to the table and put it out there is incredibly helpful. One of the questions that I will ask, I'm going to keep moving us along here and like what happens in a therapy session. In each session, I will usually start out by letting 
people talk about their week because life has happened. And you know, sometimes it's like, oh, I want to give you some of the context for what's been going on. And some people don't want to do that. Some people just want to say, here's something that happened. Let's deal with that. This one specific thing. And I don't know what else happened the rest of that week. And other people are sort of like, OK, this happened, that happened. And it might seem innocuous. It might seem like they're just sort of shooting the breeze. But I'm, as a therapist, I'm looking for that thread that's running through it. Like, why are you telling me this? Why is this significant to you in relation to why you came to therapy in the beginning? Because usually people are tuned in to whatever that thread is. They just don't know that that is the thread. And so they're saying this happened and that happened, but it's very much related to the reason why you came to therapy. And so I'll give people a chance to share about that, and then I will speak speak to what is that issue or maybe even ask some questions that can highlight is it this issue to bring some clarity to it in a, in addition to that though i will usually sometimes instead of just asking that or maybe even after they've shared a bit about what's going on i'll ask the question um what do you need from me today what do you need from this session or what do you need this week and i like that question because it helps you as a client to think about what's going on in your life and what's going on with this issue, but also to ask yourself, what do I, what is it that I need? I'm not going to just tell you this and say, fix it or tell me what to do. Maybe you don't even know, need to know what to do. Maybe you don't need guidance or a fix. Maybe you just need understanding. You need somebody to like look at this and be like, isn't this crazy? Isn't this, this is terrible. Can you believe that my brother-in-law did this or whatever? You know, like you, Maybe you just need somebody else to see and validate some of the things that you're thinking and feeling. Um, sometimes you do need some of that guidance, but asking that question helps you as a client to better know yourself and bring those needs directly to the table so that you can say, like this guy, yes, let's start with my alcohol problem. Yeah, and 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 like uh, one of the other things that I add in to that would be like, why now, right? Like, why are we doing this? Why, why is this happening now? Is there any significance to right now? Um, as therapists, we are really looking, as you were saying, Aaron, to try to tie in that thread. And that's not just um, the thread overall of why, but deeper into how you operate as a human. So we might say something like, you know, it's it's true. Like, you, so right now, what you're realizing is you need validation. It's really important for you to just be heard. Right. And then we hear that out. And then we realize as therapists, like, you've really never been heard. And then we're able to circle back and kind of help you out. And then that could be a big realization for you to realize like, holy mackerel, I actually never really have. That is, and it can be really kind of a grounding and an epiphany of like, I really do need this. And that's an okay thing to need. Yeah, it's not just like in the moment, like, hey, I need you to give me this thing. But like you said, when, when it can connect to something deeper that has been going on for someone or a deeper rooted issue in their life. It's not just a, Oh, I need this right now. It's like, Oh, I really need this. Or I really do need this. Wow. I didn't know how significant that was to me. The reality is, is we've, we've talked about in another episode that we can't observe ourselves. We just can't do it. So what's happening in therapy is you are experiencing honest observation because you're experiencing your therapist is going to be is going to try to relate back to you in a safe way that's that's okay for you to hear like what they're experiencing which probably means your other people that you're around are experiencing that too right and just know that that can be very uncomfortable we know that we're trying to give you that feedback as gently but as directly as possible 
But just know that if you are experiencing that, yeah, your therapist is making observations and wanting to reflect things back to you kind of like a mirror so that you can see yourself not, you know, again, to make you feel bad about yourself, but so that you can see what's really going on so that you can actually make some progress. It really is one of those things as therapists, we really want to be productive and honor what's going on. It's not, I mean, there's a lot of times, I don't know how much you've heard this, but like, especially in the beginning of sessions, um, meaning early on in the process, like one, the first two or three, I'll get comments like, um, how many sessions do I have to go before you get a new car? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Cause that's all I'm doing. Actually, to be honest, um, in the beginning it was kind of jokey, but like, after a while, I can remember get, being a little offended by it because it was like, I'm trying to help you. I'm not doing this. I mean, yes, I need money to live, but that's mm-hmm. not what I'm sitting here doing. Right. We really do care about what it is that we're trying to do. And it really is and it really is actual work. And I think that's one thing that maybe you as a person considering this don't totally realize, but maybe your friends have said because it's kind of like a like a quick kitschy little thing to say like in my work I need to understand more about this about myself or whatever but if you think about it it really is actual work to confront stuff in your life that are that have become habits that you're realizing are and that you are working to not do them simply because you know they're not great and that's it as far as you know so we really appreciate you listening and taking the time to be with us have a great day Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening. 